Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you tonight for this time together in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for helping us as we study your word. Your word says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by that, your word. So tonight, Lord, we ask you for utterance. We ask you for enlightening the eyes of our understanding to a new and fresh way as we study the word tonight and the power of saying. We thank you for that and every need met in advance in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, I want to read a couple of weeks ago when we started in this particular series from Psalm 107. Psalm 107. And I want to start again here in verse 11. Psalm 107 and verse 11. Now we're looking at in this particular series about the power of saying. Many of us have heard a lot of messages concerning that and confession. And tonight, as we're looking at this, we're looking at the validity of it through sometimes obscure scriptures that don't get a lot of coverage about the power of saying. But as we look here in Psalm 107, let's read together. It says, because they rebelled against the words of God, because they rebelled against the words of God. Now, this is talking about the children of Israel and how that he was there to aid them and assist them in their journey out of Egypt, through the Red Sea, through the wilderness, and on into the promised land. And their words became a snare to them. And the Bible actually says in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 2, it says, thou art snared by the words of thy mouth. Thou art snared by the words of thy mouth. And we have to realize the fact that we're taken with the words that we speak, positive or negative. And here in 107 of Psalms, it tells us that because they rebelled against the words of God, because God had already given them his promise and where he wanted to take them. He wanted to take them into a promised land that they had only got fragments of information through the 12 spies that had returned, two of them giving a good report, Joshua and Caleb, and then the 10 who gave an evil report. But in this, the Bible tells us that they re- that the words that God had given them were rebelled against them that they were rebelling against them. In other words, they didn't take to heart what God had said about the future that he was providing for them. Mm -hmm. And as we read on, it says here, and contempted the counsel of the Most High. Therefore, he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble and he saved them out of their distresses. And you know, the fact of the matter is, that God, still to this very day, when we cry unto him and call out unto him and say, Lord, save me, Lord, help me, that the Lord's always there. That's right. And that's that's such a great blessing. And even here in the Old Testament, it was never that God's will, God's will that they do without, that they die early, that they don't make it all into the promised land. It was only like 11 days journey. But we find as we read the Bible that it took those that actually did enter in 40 years to get there. Mm -hmm. And Joshua and Caleb, because of what the others did, it hindered or delayed them from actually getting in. And the Bible tells us here, it says, 
verse 12 and 107, therefore he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble and he saved them out of their distresses. We just read that. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and break their bands in sunder. So in other words, he was there to remove the burdens, remove the problems, and he was there all along. But it wasn't until they reached out to the Lord in their distresses that he was actually to help them. And even in their evilness, in the words they spoke against the Most High, God still had mercy on them and tried to help them. The Bible goes on to say, verse 15, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he hath broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron in sunder. Mm -hmm. So look at that. He, he, He demolished the things that were holding them in bondage. It goes on to say there in verse 17, fools because of their transgression and because of their iniquities are afflicted. I want you to pay particular attention to that in verse 17. It says, fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Mm -hmm. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. And then in verse 20, It says he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Mm -hmm. And then in verse 21, he goes again into saying, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And what we're learning here in this passage as we read this, we're going back and looking at recorded history that's most apropos for all of us in the faith life today in the New Testament as blood-washed children of God to understand in the power and the significance of saying, and specifically saying the right things, Mm -hmm. specifically saying the right things. And here we have in, in the divine record that fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Right here, he gives us some insight into why they were afflicted, why most of them that came out of Egypt never made it into the promised land. And here it is, we can see that it was the words that caused affliction to come onto them and into their lives. Mm -hmm. And that was coming on them because of the words that they were speaking. They were speaking against what God said. They were speaking against the plan of God. God had already told them that he wanted to take them to a place that they never had before. And yet, through that journey, they started murmuring, they started complaining, they started taking sides against God. And because of that, God had to get uh, allow, as the Bible says in another place, he sent them leanness to their souls. He sent them leanness to their souls. Now, was that God's highest? Obviously not. But yet in that, God wanted to try to help them. And every time, and it's the same thing is true today, brothers and sisters, every time we reach out and ask the Lord to help us, he's there to do it. When we turn to the Lord, when we ask 
for his intervention. He's right there. The Bible tells us in the book of Lamentations that his mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness, praise God. And he wants to help us, but we got to work with him. And one of the predominant ways that we understand in the faith life that we work with God is in and through speaking his words, through the power of saying, through the power of releasing words that already are in agreement with God. That's right. God wants us to do that. He won't make us to do that. He won't uh, cause things to happen in our life that are less than what we want to have happen. He loves us. He loves you. He loves everybody, Mm -hmm. but yet he is hindered because of our unbelief. He's hindered because we don't take seriously the things that he said about us and what he wants to do in our life. And just as we read there, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. And mind you, they did this repeatedly. They fell on their faces repeatedly. They time and again fell along the way into grumbling, murmuring, complaining. And God had to send that leanness to their soul, not because that was his highest, but because he was working within the parameter of their belief system and what they were saying about what God said in regard to the promises he had already made known. He had already let them know where he wanted to take them, and yet they continued to take opposite sides of the equation, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So we've been looking at the power of saying. So you can write this down if you're taking notes. This is something that is most appropriate to remember. But either you get the breaks as a Christian, the God-filled breaks, we might say, or you're putting on the breaks to God's blessings. Either you are, you get the breaks, and we all know what that means. That means you hear people talk about that, that, you know, I got a lot of quote-unquote lucky breaks through life. Well, the Christian life is not about luck. It's about faith. It's about pleasing God. And we as faith people understand, at least to a certain degree, the power of words, because we know we have in the Bible the record that God spoke the worlds into existence. He spoke this universe into existence. And all things were created by the word of his power. So there is power in words. That originated with God. That didn't originate with us. So God expects us to not only read his word and see throughout from the Old Testament into the new, that if we'll start saying the right words, we're going to start believing those words. And it's when we believe those words that they begin to work for us, Mm -hmm. positive or negative. That's why, as I quoted here a few moments ago, that thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things and one of the ways that we see this is turn over in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians and chapter 4. 2 Corinthians and chapter 4. It's the power of speaking words that we actually believe. So either you get the breaks or you're putting on the breaks to God's blessings. We put on the brakes. What do we think about? We we put the brakes on in a car. If we hit the brakes, 
what's that going to do? That's going to slow us down and it's going to bring us to a standstill, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to realize that our mouth is going to control our future. Our mouth is either going to release what God wants us to have, or it's going to hinder or thwart what God wants us to have. Do you want to go ahead and read that there in 2 Corinthians chapter 4? Yes. Uh, Verse 13 says, We have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken, or I have spoken, and we also believe and therefore speak. So as we see there, if we when we get the word of God in our hearts, whatever's in our hearts gonna out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh, the Bible says. So whatever's in our heart, we're gonna speak out. That's right. And I always encourage people, you know, maybe some people haven't groomed themselves in the healing scriptures and they need they need healing for their bodies. The most important thing to do is what do you do as a student of the word of education? If you don't know about something, you read up on it or you right. study it. And so we can school ourselves into faith by going over healing scriptures and mm-hmm. and get those in our heart. Because, again, whatever's in our heart is going to come out of our mouth. And that's it's the heartfelt faith. It's the heart. It's a, it's a God kind of faith is really the heart faith. Yeah, the Bible says there in Romans chapter 10, with the heart man believeth. Yeah, so it's not a head faith. I mean, thank God for head faith. We can start out with that, but getting at our heart. And I've had to school myself into faith when, for different things that I've been believing God for. You know, I'm reminded of my uh, my my gallbladder. You know, when I had a gallstone here several years ago, um, I I got busy. Um, I got in distress and anyway, cause my, I really didn't have, I don't, I didn't think at the time a type of diet that would introduce a stone in my gallbladder. And, uh, so I did some Googling, you know, researching, and I found out it's either got to be an ulcer or gallstone. I was just feeling horrible all the time. And that was going on for about a year and a half. And so, um, for about six months, excuse me, prior to that. And so I had gone into the doctor and I said, well, I got to figure out what's going on here. Cause it comes and goes. And I feel absolutely horrible, nauseous and everything like that. And he, and so the doctor did an ultrasound and I came back for the results. And this is in between funerals that we were conducting. Um, and, uh, it was a busy time. And the doctor said, well, what you have is you have a gallstone and it's wedged in the neck of your gallbladder. And so what he said, we're going to need to do is take out the gallbladder. We can't just take out the stone. We got to take out the gallbladder. And I said, well, since I've got a little bit of time on my side, you know, it wasn't, the pain wasn't increasingly building on itself. It was coming and going. So since I know it was fading in and out, I had some time and I said, well, I'm not going to have surgery and I'm a believer in the word of God and I'm going to apply the healing scriptures and he just rolled his eyes and he was just like, Oh, kind of like, you're one of those. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am one of those. I am, I am, you know, guilty hundred percent. Cause I know the word of God when applied will always work. And so I went home and that I became a student of the word. I became a student of the healing scriptures and I got in the healing scriptures day and night, night and day throughout the day. If I couldn't read them, I would listen to them. And I fed my faith and fed my faith. But the key was, wasn't just the believing, 
Believing's great. It, that's the first place we need to start. You see that Mark eleven twenty two through 24. The Bible says, first of all, Jesus said, have faith in God. And he, then he goes right on to say, you know, whatever you speak, whatever you say, he goes on to immediately say the things that you believe when you pray, believe that you receive them, right? Because we got to speak to the mountain, command it to be removed, be cast into the sea, and we shall not doubt in our heart, but we shall believe. We will have those things, whatever we say, right? So it's a matter of believing. It's a matter of praying, but it's a matter of speaking it. We have to take that next step. And so I just did three times as much speaking as I did praying and believing. Mm -hmm. And then I had a huge episode. I remember it was, uh, it was on our, um, it was, I think the day before our anniversary here, it was about a year and a half later. So I've been standing on the word for about a year. And it was getting less and less. Those attacks were getting less and less. The, the gallstone attacks were getting less and less. But this one was a huge one. And I thought, am I going to have to go to the hospital? I mean, this is bad. And we're supposed to leave the next day for a minister's conference in Iowa. And I thought, this is really, really bad. And I thought, no, no, no. I've been through this before. And I know what the word of God says. Now, anybody else, you do what you feel led to do. But I know what I needed to do. And I just... I hunkered down in the healing scriptures and I confessed them. I didn't feel like I got much done because I had to pack and get all the stuff done. The next day, no, I was symptom free, totally gone. All those symptoms. And you know what? I'd have a few little attacks there on there on a day out, you know, here and there, but nothing to that degree. And I know I was healed by the power of God. And anytime I feel something like that trying to come on me, it's like, oh, no, you don't. You mm -hmm. cannot trespass on God's property. Right. So we have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written in the word of God, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. So I can say, I believe, therefore I speak. What am I believing? Well, I'm believing the word of God. What am I saying? I'm saying what I'm believing. Have you noticed that people will say, even Christians, you'll hear them say something. You're thinking, what? What did you say? You know, what kind of confession is that? Well, they're just saying what they're believing. Mm -hmm. So we have to we have to change our belief system before we can change what we say. That's the most important thing. Can I share another sure. analogy? So right before we got on tonight, um, the Lord gave me this. And our words are containers. I'm sure you've heard this before. You know, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those that love it will eat the fruit thereof. So you're talking about Psalm 28, or excuse me, 1821. So our words are containers, right? And I thought about containers. Do you think about containers in your refrigerator? Maybe you have a container of yogurt. Maybe you have a container of ice cream in your freezer. Maybe you have a container of, you know, frozen chili in the freezer. Well, you, I don't normally say, honey, go get that container of yogurt. I'll just say, go get the, I just say, go get the yogurt out of the fruit, out of the refrigerator, honey, and I'll make a fruit medley or something, or please go get the chili out of the freezer. He's not looking for chili. That's not out of something. He's looking for chili that's in something, but that container, Very good. Yeah. whatever's in that container becomes that. So mm -hmm. I don't say go get, the, I mean, we can say, go get the carton of ice cream. I just say, honey, go get the ice cream, please. Or he'll say, can you make me a malt? Go get the ice cream. Mm -hmm. I said, sure. So whatever that container is filled up with is, is what it becomes. Mm -hmm. So whatever container of words that we're speaking, it becomes that. Our words have that creative power. They have that procreative power. No different, whether it's a, a good force. There it says in uh, Job 6, 25a, how forcible are right words. 
Yes. That's just the first part of the, the scripture. And he says, what doth you arguing, arguing uh, uh, you know, reprove or something like that. But the most important thing is how forcible are right words. There's a force behind right words, but there's a force behind wrong words, too. That's right. Right. Most people are in the habit of saying what they see. They just have a habit. Christians, non-Christians, but we're particularly talking about how do we act, activate as a believer through the power of saying God's promises. So when a person says what they see, that's going to predominantly control their life in every area. Very true. Now, we understand in the faith life that we are calling things that be not as though they were. We're calling things that be not as though they were because they're not visible. They're not tangible yet in the natural world all around us. So if we go ahead and just speak words based on what we see in the natural, then we're going to keep having what we're saying. And that saying that we're going to perpetuate what we're having based on, Mm -hmm. is it all based on the words we speak? Because all we're doing is speaking what we see. Well, God wants us to move to a higher level in the faith life by speaking what we believe instead. And again, what we believe should always firmly be fixed and settled in our heart because it comes right from the mouth of God. Because he has, in the overview of whatever area of life it is, whether it's healing for our physical bodies, finances for our life, it doesn't matter. But if we will allow what we believe to be based on what God's already said about it, and with the eyes of faith, speak forth that which does not visibly appear as of yet, it will cause the unseen to be seen. Mm -hmm. It'll cause the invisible, invisible to take on the tangible. That's right. Praise God. Now, when we do that, what we're doing is we're acting like God would have us to act. So if we continue to say what we see in the natural, that's all we're going to have. That's all we're going to have. It's never going to bring us out of the situation we're in. So we decide these things. That's right. We decide these things. What happens if the Lord was to, you know, call us into his office and say, I want to tell you something. And you're like, okay, Lord, what do you want to tell me? He says, every word you speak from now on out will come to pass. How much more attention will we give to the words that we speak, knowing that they carry a weight and a value, that they're seeds and they're going to come whatever, to fruition. And whatever you throw into that ground of your life, those words are seeds, and they're going to take root and become what they are. And, you know, kind of a, this is, it's kind of a heavy scripture. I mean, we get things under the blood, right? Thank God we can. Mm-hmm. But Matthew 12, 36 says, and Jesus is talking here, and he says, but I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. Right. So right. that's how the Lord views it. He doesn't want us to waste any time speaking 
the wrong words. I mean, the other day I was hit, I was hit upside the head. I felt, I felt like let's, we used to call this at Rama. We used to call it, let's have a flesh out day. Is it, a, is it the type of, is it the wrong type of flesh to give to, heed to? Yes, because you don't feel good or you feel bad or you're mad or, you know, you, you got to, you know, you want to have a pity party. You're the only one that's invited to it. You want to feel bad. You want to feel sorry for yourself. And we have to all avoid those situations and we have to, we have to be careful. We don't give into that because, or I'm just going to give somebody a piece of my mind. Don't get my way. And I felt this and I was out in the yard and I'm taking authority over. I'm like, whoa, what is all this? My flesh was just, it was like a dog on a leash and it wanted to go for a walk. You know, it's trying to lead me and I'm taking authority over. And I thought, I don't know if I'm standing in the gap for someone or this is for me, but I'm like, no, I choose to believe the Lord. I am having a great day. I am not giving into my flesh. We are not going to have a negative session here. We're not going to have a flesh out time. We are, this is the day that the Lord hath made. And guess what? Everything started to line up with that. Then I was not going to let my flesh lead the way in that day or that period of time, even though mm-hmm. I felt like it. Cause you're, it feels good when you let your flesh have its way, but then guess what? You got to repent later. Right. You're like, why yeah. did I do that? That was so stupid. I know better than that, you know? And, and, and yet we have to, we have a choice that we have to make. And that's mm-hmm. why we have to decide what we're going to, we're going to choose life. We're going to choose the words of life. We're going to choose to speak over our situation. And you know, when, when pain, pain has a voice, all these different things, lack has a voice, fear has a voice and, and all these things want to take control, but we have to let the word of God reign in our, our heart and then reign in our lips too. We have to be so careful that we don't yield to the flesh and just flesh out, let it have its way. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. We got to stand our ground, and that takes strength. That takes that takes strength, and it takes self control. That's one of the fruits of the spirit: self control. We have to. It's easy when mm-hmm. you're feeling great. It's easy when everything's going your way and you're having a great day. But when the devils of harassment come and condemnation tries to come, you're like, I'm doing everything I know to be doing. Right? The Lord will check us. The Holy Ghost convicts us. But there's no, therefore no condemnation. For those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So we don't have to try to dig up sins. We don't have to try to dig up these things. No, we just got to follow after faith and speak the words of faith and speak to those situations. And tell it to rebuke the devil. Say, no, you don't. I bind you, devil. I bind you, Satan, in Jesus' name. I bind you, pain. I bind you, spirit of fear. You get out of here in Jesus' name. And then you confess the word of God. Just like Jesus said, it is written when the devil came to him. And, you know, they're in the wilderness and tempted him. Jesus didn't say, don't you know who I am? No, he con- he confessed the word of God. And that that brings God so much glory. It yes, brings it us into victory. It because does. You pass the test. It does. And I'm yeah. like, I'm passing the test. And I literally said that out in the yard. I'm passing the test. I am passing the test in Jesus' Amen. name. And guess what? I passed the test with the help of the Lord. Because if we don't pass the test, and Dina knows this being a teacher. Guess what happens? You get you to take, take it, it over. Again, right? Not only yes. to go around the mountain. No, thank you. That is going around the mountain. So <laughs> what do you see? Do you see healing? Do you see the Lord's provision? Do you see by the eyes of faith? Because this is where it's really at in faith working for a person is you have to see it and say it. 
by faith before you're going to have it in the natural. You have to see yourself healed. You have to envision that. You have to allow your imagination to be centered in on the thoughts of God and everything that affirms the promises of God as coming to pass in your life in that area. Healing, your financial needs being met, prosperity, answers to prayer. These are all things that are tied together. And it's not a robotic thing that we we live by, by just speaking words. We get a greater understanding about the power that's in the seed. That's right. When you understand the power that's in the seed, what do you want to do? And you know it's good seed. You want to plant it. You want to plant it. You And then when you plant it, you don't just leave it to itself and say, okay, hopefully you make it. No, you plant that seed, and then you have continual watering, fertilizing, mm-hmm. and you nurture that seed right. in, in the developmental process. And most of the initial work is taking place underneath the ground. Where you can't see it. You can't see it. You cannot see what's transpiring underneath the soil. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? You trust the seed. Now, for example, I had to plant some grass seed a few days ago. And then I covered it with some, it's like mulch, you know, a very thin layer. But it's more of a dry climate over here. Even though we have rain, I still need to pay attention to keeping that soil moist because it drains well and it doesn't stay wet. Well, when the seeds are erupting, when they've been placed in the ground Mm -hmm. and that eruption process begins to take place, if that seed dries out, it's not going to ever develop. It's going to die right there. So I go out there faithfully and put a little water on it, just that little area. And make time to do that. I make time to do it Mm -hmm. because it's a priority. Because why? Because I can see that full filling in of that little area there with the seed that I planted. But you got to give it time. But you have to give it time. But I don't go out there and dig up the seed and say, hmm, you know, it's been three, four days. I don't see it yet. And that's where a lot of Christians allow frustration to set in is they don't give God time to work. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not talking about giving God the time to work for for decades and decades when it comes to the promises of God coming to pass in our life. But some things take longer. And when we get a hold of the truth of what it means to believe with the heart, that heart, your heart, not the physical organ, but your spirit, that's what we're talking about. Because as you read, honey, just a moment ago, with the heart, man believeth. Okay. What do we say? We having the same spirit of faith. The spirit of faith is going to take us to the place to where we need to go. Mm -hmm. And that place that we need to go is a place that we are not yet seeing visibly and tangibly in the natural yet. Mm -hmm. So what we have to do is, is it's a faith proposition. You plant the seed of the word. Now, I remind you, when Jesus said the parable of the sower in Mark 13, or excuse me, Matthew 13, Mark chapter 4, and Luke 8, he tells us in Luke 8, 11, 
Most of you are very familiar with this passage of Scripture, and it says the parable is this, the seed is the Word of God. The seed is the Word of God. So when we're talking about the power of saying, we're talking about planting the seeds of God's unchanging, powerful, incorruptible Word. word. Mm -hmm. Now, we plant them in our life. We plant them in our family, in our job, in our business, Mm -hmm. in our body. We plant them by saying them. That's right. We do that by the consistency. And again, what is faithfulness? Faithfulness is consistency over time. Mm -hmm. Consistency over time. So we stay consistent about what we say. Being faithful to say the same thing. Well, we don't feel like it, like you didn't feel like it the other day or whenever. Mm -hmm. Well, when our flesh, it has a voice. When we allow that to encroach upon the very vocabulary that we begin to speak, Mm -hmm. it's going to affect the way the promises of God begin to work in our life. It's going to either hinder and thwart, or it's going to release and endue you with those blessings. And when you said something, and then um, when you said that the word of God, you know, it's infallible, it will not fail. And it's incorruptible, it will not be corrupted. That's right. And it will never pass away. Mm -hmm. So that's our hope. That's our assurance. That's our deposit, our, our eternal deposit that God's word will always work if we work it. That's right. Because we have we've we're experimenting here with our greenhouses because you our our growing season is so short here. And so when we put the seed in there, we've had some bad seed. It didn't produce at all. And I'm thinking, well, and, and you'll say, Well, I think it's just some bad seed. Well, that's one thing we don't have to worry about with the word of God. The word mm-hmm. of God, when planted, will always take root that's and right. grow if we like you said, if we give it the attention that we need to give it. It's not just the planting. No. It's the further attention until and up to the harvest time. That's right. Until we receive fully. Yes. And that's the tangibility of the fruit or the harvest that's going to come on what particular crop it is. Mm -hmm. So it's such a simple illustration that Jesus gave about the sower went forth to sow the word. Now, we know he's talking about his own word. But he likened it unto the way the farmer or the gardener would work their soil and allow their field or their plot of land to produce a certain harvest. So we want a certain harvest. But to get that certain harvest, we have to back up and understand the progression that it takes in taking care of that seed once it's planted. And the power of saying is significant. It's significant, and it either takes the brakes off or it puts brakes on as far as what God can do in our life. We have to be careful about that. That's why, again, it says there in Proverbs 6, 2, it says, thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. He says it twice about the words, how we're snared with those. When we don't allow them by being faithful to water that seed, mm-hmm. keep them in the midst of our eyes. Just like most of you, you can quote that Proverbs chapter four, verse 20, my son attend unto my words. 
Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thy eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Why? Because they're life to those that find them. They're life. They're going to produce life. They're going to produce life. We're talking about healing. If it comes to finances, it's going to produce results. Mm -hmm. Because you have authority. Mm -hmm. You have authority. Like it says there in Job, how forcible are right words. How forcible are right words. And if we take the time to really, brothers and sisters, meditate on the significance of these words we, we speak every day. We hear the saying, loose lips sink ships. Well, loose lips don't just sink ships. They sink self. Mm-hmm. They sink self. When we begin to get upset and say, Lord, you know, why hasn't this happened? Why, why isn't this working out according to my schedule? Now you catch that right there, according to my schedule, according to my time frame. Some of these things are going to take time, but we can't neglect the basics. Just like a weightlifter does not neglect the basics. Many times, most all the time, right. if he goes to the same gym, he's using the same barbells. He's using the same uh, treadmill, bicycle, dumbbell weights, whatever it is that he's using to train, Mm -hmm. same jump rope. He's using the same items every day. Well, what are we doing? We're using the same things by what? Saying, saying the same thing every day. Well, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It doesn't come from just having heard. And that's important to keep it before the frontlets of our eyes. And that's one thing that the Lord has instructed me over the years and believe in God when our kids were small and they were, you know, they had um, eczema, they had growths on them. I mean, warts, whatever it was before they were really of the age where they could believe God for themselves, but they saw some demonstration. And I would, I would quote the scripture, but the Lord said, you know, that's good. That's important, but you got to get it before the frontlets of your eyes. And I know you've talked about that too. And we, you know, we're delivered from the fear of repetition, right? But we got to make sure that we've got the word of God in front of our fa- our face and before the frontlets of our eyes. So there's times I was busy, but I had to give attention and care to the word of God. And I would stop what I was doing, go open my Bible and go over my healing scriptures. And, and I still do that and go over or meditate just on one scripture and thank the Lord. I'm reminded too what Hebrews 11, three says, and I so appreciate this because this is on a, on a, on a scale. This is huge. This is huge. Talking about faith. Well, it says here in verse one, now faith is a substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. So basically faith is a substitute teacher before the manifestation comes and we leave the performing up to the Lord, but we do the word of God, right? And it says, for by it, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. God created the worlds, created the existence of everything by his words. There's a creative force in his words. That's why he set the example for us. Mm-hmm. And then we see there, you know, throughout the this whole chapter, how all these predecessors in faith obtained what they were believing God for through their faith. Mm-hmm. And, and faith is released in word and action. 
And predominantly, we're going to always be speaking the right words, even if we have other corresponding actions in the natural. Because yes. your mouth is going to direct your future. Yeah. It's like and a, if rudder it's, on, a rudder on the ship. Yes. Uh, listen to this. Psalms 52.2. Thy tongue deviseth mischiefs like a sharp razor working deceitfully. Thy tongue deviseth mischiefs. And boy, doesn't our tongue get us in trouble? James says, <laughs> it's like a rudder on a ship. And it's full of deadly poison, right? And bitter water and good water. Speaking the wrong thing. Yes. Positive or negative. It comes out. Again, the temptation to say the wrong thing. And we have to be so careful that you would never knit something for those that knit or crochet or basket weaving, whatever it is. You would never knit something just to take it all apart. That's ridiculous. Who would spend that time? Well, that's what our words do, speaking the wrong words, right? If we think about the weight of our words, that the weight of our words speaking the wrong thing would actually undo everything we just did. Yes. And we wasted all that time speaking the right thing. I would not want to do that. And you could could put a lot of effort, like me planting that grass seed. I can do that, but if I don't water it in the natural, and we're talking about like watering, the seeds, we plant the seed. By his stripes, I'm healed. <clears throat> according to the word of God, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory. My God is El Shaddai. He's the God who's more, more than enough. Amen. Now, if we take sides against him by the words we speak, it's like me going out there and saying, and I'm talking about after I prayed and said, by his stripes, I'm healed. My God supplies all my need. I'm talking about if I go out there and tend to that grass seed no more and just allow whatever happens to happen Mm -hmm. to transpire. Or you say, if it's words related, you say, where's the money going to come from? Oh, you're tempted. But we have to, we can't yield to that temptation. We have to stand strong in the word of God and answer our situation Answer, yes. again, pain in our body. Answer our Fear. bills. You know, I'll just pretend this is a bill here. Answer this and say, no, you are paid in Jesus' name. And I have, not only are you paid, I have more than enough. Right. Glory to God. And that money's coming in. But the devil wants you to, how are you, how is it going to happen? That's not, that's not my problem. We just have to take God at his word and speak in the right words and ke- keeping those those containers filled with the right words. Yes. The containers for our situation. Yes. Keeping everything filled with the right thing. Speaking the right words. Speak in faith. Speak in faith. Speak in faith. Thanking the Lord. And then worshiping him and praising him. And that's that's why the devil wants to get us to shut up so much about and, and think the wrong thing and then meditate on it and speak the wrong thing. We have to be so careful. And one of the tricks of the devil that we've seen through the years is the devil endeavors to trick God's children into believing that the words they say are not overly important. They're not, they're not going to direct their future. Well, we know that's not true because it's the very words we speak when we confess Jesus as our savior. Do they change our future? Do they change our 
eternal destination? Absolutely. That's right, they do. Now, that's based on saying what we believe in our heart. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Mm -hmm. For with the heart man believeth. For with the heart man believeth. For with the heart man believeth. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. Mm -hmm. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Mm -hmm. So confession is made. It's made, but it's based on what we believe, and what we believe is based on what we've heard out of the mouth of God. So we have to tend to these things. We have to tend to them. Again, we gave a scripture here as we started in this series from Revelation 12, where it says, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, by what they said, Mm -hmm. and they loved not their lives unto death. Mm -hmm. They overcame How did they overcome? How are we going to overcome? What's our testimony? What are we saying? Our testimony is what we tell to someone else. And many times you're going to find yourself needing to speak to the atmosphere around you when no one's around, and you're going to speak words of life into something that seems Mm death-filled, need-filled, impossible-filled, and you're going to continue to speak what God said, because that is what you put in your heart, and that is what you're going to hold fast to. That's why in another place in the book of Hebrews, it says, hold, let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Let us hold fast. Yes. Let us hold fast we to what? Saying the same thing. That's right. Okay. Then it's second. Not, it's not having faith is the problem. That's not the real problem. No, it's staying It's staying in faith. And staying in the same mode of releasing yeah. what you believe in your heart, yes. what you've settled on to believe in your heart. Now, what we believe right. is not based on a feeling. Amen. What you believe about God is not based on, how oh, I feel today. It's not our I feel senses. so wonderful. I'm sure that's because God now is really with me today. Where we go. No. Which, which direction is the wind? The Blazers are going to win. You know, it's like, I feel good today. I feel like the Blazers are going to win. Well, God doesn't operate that way. You know, it's like this. Okay, the direction of the wind's this way. I, I'm going to have a great day. No, we, we, we've determined, no matter which way the wind's blowing, we're going to have a great day in Jesus' name. We set up every day by the words we speak, or we should they at least. Up. Yes. The, the first of the day is the rudder of the day. And just like what James said, it's like that control mechanism beneath the waters that we can't see. It's underneath the ship, and but what's underneath or behind the ship in some cases is what's controlling the direction of that big ship. That's right. The, the rudder is little. Yes. The ship is big. And if I'm not mistaken, when I used to play volleyball, <clears throat> when you go to spike the ball, the person there's a there's a there's a partnership. The person has to set the ball up for you and for you in order to spike it. And if they mm-hmm. don't set the Most ball the up right, you can't spike it. It's going to hit the net, or you just you can't get it over the net. Whatever you know, whatever the situation is. So it's a partnership. The person has to set it up. So our words set up our situation. Yeah, it sets up our day. It sets up our 
whatever we're believing God for. So we, you know, you, you get your hand to the plow and you say, praise God. You, you know, the next day, thank you, Lord, I'm healed. According to the word of God, you get out your hand scriptures, you meditate and you do it in joy. You don't do it in a rut. You don't do it religious, but you do it religiously, but not in religion, right? We don't do it from a head faith. We do it because we know we're not trying to get healed. We're just pulling out of our spirit into our body. Thank you, Lord. I'm the healed of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes. I can have what I say. I thank you, Lord. Your word is working for me. Yep. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have I'm the working, favor of God. I have the I, favor of God. I'm not afraid of anything. I'm not no. afraid of my future. I have counsel. I have wisdom on how to approach this situation. I thank you, Lord, what I'm believing you for. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to have a favorable answer. Thank you, Lord. I'm getting that raise at work mm-hmm. or whatever the situation is. We, we trust in the Lord for him to perform his word in our lives, but we are keeping our hand to the plow, so to speak. We are keeping our words and actions right. out there, you know, working for every us, day, every day, all the time. Amen. And it's not a legalistic thing. It's Again. with the heart man, man believeth mm-hmm. from the heart man believeth. So whatever you find yourself, yourself repeatedly saying that as a Christian because you locate someone by what they say, that's actually what you believe. If you're saying something most of the time, if you're saying how bad you feel, how sick you are, now that doesn't mean that you say, well, when someone can see you've got a broken arm or a broken leg and you got a cast on it, that doesn't mean that you say, oh, no, I'm, you, you're just, you're seeing things. There's no cast here. No, what you say is, Yes, my arm was broken, but according to the word of God, that's right. I believe that I received my healing. <laughs> and I thank the Lord that he is healing me now. I believe that. When you start doing that, what you're doing is, is you're watering that seed when you're saying it. When you keep saying it, you keep watering it. Right. What is it going to eventually do? It's going to allow that seed that was planted to grow to maturity. full maturity, mm-hmm. produce the fruit. Amen. That was intended, and you're going to have your harvest of healing, of answered prayer, finances, whatever it is that would try to stop you from getting what God wants you to have. Mm-hmm. Now, Amen. so when we see here Second Corinthians 4, look at this again. Verse 13, it says, we having the same spirit of faith. We having the same spirit of faith. We having, not trying to get, not one day in the sweet by and by, but we having the same, not about the same, not approximately the same, but the same, same what? Spirit of faith. Because faith is a spiritual force that works in the invisible world that produces tangible material results. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. So when when you're speaking the word over your body, Thank you, Lord. By your stripes, I am healed. I'm getting stronger every day, not weaker. Mm-hmm. When we realize that and the significance of saying the power of releasing the right words in what we say, mm-hmm. it'll transform our life. That's right. Thank because you. your words are out there working in the atmosphere. Your words you are say, working north, say, south, east, and west, right. and every you, direction. And you might say, well, how many times do I need to say it? Well, you just let it roll out of you. I want to, I don't get caught up in how many times I just say, thank you, Father God, 
I'm free from arthritic pain or I'm free from, uh, you know, I don't have any loss. Thank you, Father God. I have clear, smooth skin. Thank you, Father God. I have a head full of well-set hair. Thank you, Father God. My knees are free from pain. I thank you, Lord. My My heart beats regularly. I don't have heart problems. I refuse to accept any heart problems. And if there's pain associated with it, I command you to go in Jesus' name. I command you to go in the name of Jesus. There you go. I thank you, Lord. I I can hear perfectly. Oh, I thank you, Lord. You say it hundreds of thousands of times. And then you thank the Lord. You speak the word, you thank the Lord. You speak the word, you thank the Lord. That's right. And you thank. And you speak and you thank. And you do it hundreds of times. And you just say, Father, I thank you. Glory to God. I don't, I'm not sure what to do here in this situation, but I thank you, Lord. You give me the wisdom on what to do. I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. I have wisdom. You're the God of all wisdom. I know what to do. I thank you for going. Angels, you go before me. You take care of it. You make the crooked way straight. See, you do this. You speak and you speak and you walk the floors and you speak. And I'll tell you what, then faith, then I'll tell you, it's like faith like a cloak comes down. The anointing comes down. And the anointing destroys the yoke of bondage. Mm-hmm. Every yoke of bondage. And worshiping the Lord, is that's what causes him to manifest. <laughs> Every yep. time. In the midst of you speaking. Yes. In the midst of you worshiping. worshiping and thanking. And verbally, not just thinking. Not thinking, but thanking. <laughs> thanking. Not thinking only, but thanking verbally. Yeah. Look over here in First Peter 5 here before we end up here tonight. Look at this. We all know this, but let's look at it again. First Peter 5, verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary or your opponent, the devil, as a roaring lion, doesn't say is, it says as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. So we have an adversary. Mm-hmm. 99% of the time, your greatest adversary that you're going to meet day in and day out is going to be the thoughts that endeavor to penetrate your thought process and consume you when you get out of bed in the morning or evening, whenever you work. Those thoughts that he projects towards you, you're not going to make it. You're not going to get healed. You're not going to have the strength. You're not going to have the money. You're not going to have the provision. You're not going to have food. You're not going to have this or that, whatever it may be. Because he will tailor make the situation and individualize it for each and every one of us on a daily basis. That's why Peter's saying here, be sober about it. I mean, be thinking clearly. If you're sober about it, what does that mean? You're thinking correctly about it. And be alert. Be sober, be vigilant. What does the word vigilant mean? The word vigilant simply means stay after it. I mean, stay on guard. Mm -hmm. Pay attention. Mm -hmm. Amen. Pay attention. It's when it's when Christians coast they get in trouble. That's right. It's what and most of the time experience when I coast I get in trouble. Yeah, you know it's like I get busy, I get caught up, I get distracted. You know, and and the next thing you know, you're not in healing scripture today. You're not in healing scripture. It's not a religious thing, but Mm -hmm. but I know. Too much is given, much is required. We, we've heard the word a lot. You all have heard the word a lot. I've been walking with the Lord for a number of years. And we want to, I, I never want to get to the place where I've arrived. I want to keep it fresh. I never want to get into a rut. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I want to stay, keep the things of God fresh, but I have to keep them before my eyes. And I have to be vigilant about these things because I know, I mean, I remember something a, a minister of the gospel said, she said this one time, she says, I have to spend three hours of the, of the, of, I have to spend three hours a day. Now, I don't know if she still does this, but I remember hearing this years ago. I have to spend three hours a day in the word and prayer. Otherwise, I am not a nice person. And I thought, well, <laughs> you know, I, but I, but to me, it set the example of, wow, okay. So sometimes we have to make an effort to apply the word of God because we want the benefits of it. Yes. And, and there's forces of darkness that are trying to keep us from getting the rewards, the benefits, what Jesus has already paid for us for. Those are benefits. But there are rewards to righteousness. Yes, there is. Being diligent. Now, there's benefits. Those aren't those aren't rewards. Those are things that He daily loadeth us with. But being mindful of those things, so we can we can enter into those things and um, take hold of them. Mm-hmm. Being mindful of them, so mm-hmm. that we can whatever you give your attention to is whatever you're going to have. That's right. So when He says here, "Be sober, be vigilant." Because your adversary, you have a personal adversary. Again, what is he going to try to do? Bring discouragement, bring fear, bring any type of opposition to thwart your thinking process, your speaking, and that's going to eventually affect what you believe. So we have to pay attention to that, and that's not just something you do once in a while. It's something you do. When the sky is blue, when it's all nice, when you got plenty of money, you got plenty of health, you got plenty of everything, everything's going well. Mm-hmm. You don't let up. That's right. Amen. You don't coast. You keep keeping on. You keep doing the right thing. Because why? Because it's going to produce results. Yes. Yeah, it's going to produce results. Mm-hmm. So when we speak these words of life, they're going to produce life. So when it says here, your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walking about seeking whom he may devour, verse 9, whom resist, whom resist, whom resist. You can't just stop at verse 8. So you do my resistance for me. I can't resist for you. You can stay in agreement with me. I can add my faith to yours in the process of you believing, but I can't say for you, what you need to say for yourself. That's right. Your spouse can't say for you what you need to say for yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to say it yourself. Yes. Amen. And then we can agree. I can agree with her. She can agree with with me. I'm already doing. That's right. That's right. That's what whom resists steadfast in the faith. Well, we see vigilance. We see sobriety thinking, right? We see steadfastness. Mm -hmm. Why do you have to do that? Because if we don't do it, the results are going to be quite obvious. We're never going to have the promises of God work in our life. These are daily things that we need to remember. These things ongoingly, we might have known them once, but we can let them just like sand slipping through your fingers that you clutch in your hand. Those little grains will start to endeavor to filter out through your fingers when you grab that hand of sand. And eventually, you loosen the grip enough, it's all going to disappear. 
the blessings of God start disappearing. That's why you have to keep your words in the right direction. That's right. And you resist steadfastly. Why? What would you say to the devil when he comes? No, devil, I don't believe that. I don't believe it. You're a liar. You're a liar. That's right. You're a liar. And I don't believe what you say. Yes, I'm not going to get healed by his stripes. I am healed. I'm not going to go under. I'm going over in Jesus' name. Now, again, how do they overcome? By the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. By what the word of their testimony. That's how you're overcoming. That's how I overcome. That's how any Christian overcomes opposition. That's right. But it's a daily doing. It's a daily doing. It's something we have to stay persistent on. Because even as Peter says here, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished or happen in your brethren that are in the world. Well, these are normal things that happen to believers. Mm -hmm. These are things when you have to stand your ground, having done all to stand, stand and stand steadfastly. That's normal Christian life. That's right. Why? Because the overcomer's life is the testimony that they continue to embrace, Mm -hmm. to believe, Mm -hmm. to speak. And if we keep that in mind, that that leads them to victory. This is normal. It's normal. normal. It's normal. They call Christianity the great confession. It's normal to apply the word. It's normal to speak the word. Now, not every Christian does. We know that. But when we come into the knowledge of the truth that this is the great confession, we never get tired. It never becomes labor, laborsome. Yes. Kind of like this. When we first moved here, somebody told me, and it clicked with me. They said, we, you live in the mountains. We're almost at 4,300 foot elevation. Remember, you live in the mountains. And I thought it helps me to embrace what, whatever's going on. It's like everything else kind of trickles from there. Okay, okay. I understand different seasons, different weather systems that come through here. The weather can change very quickly. That's what happens in a mountainous type of elevation. We're higher than government camp. I mean, we live in the mountains. We are in the mountains. We're not going to the mountains. We are in the mountains. So when I keep that in mind, then it helps me to understand why other things work and tick and what I need to do mm-hmm. when it comes to gardening. And what you need to do. Uh, baking, cooking, you know, you know, you got to add a third cup of cornstarch or flour to everything. If you're doing homemade, you know, uh, cakes or cookies or, you know, different things. So I have an understanding things operate a little bit differently. So as believers, we have to keep the same thing that, okay, it's just part of my makeup to confess the word of God and praise him and worship him. I'm in the store. I'm singing. I'm humming in in tongues and just going down the aisle, keeping that flow, praying without ceasing, keeping myself stirred up, keeping myself stirred up, you know, and the Bible says we're supposed to provoke one another to good works. I believe that's Hebrews 10, 38 provoking one another to good works. Pro- mm-hmm. You provoke one another, you know, spouses or as, you know, uh, friends or whoever, family members, provoking one another to good works. Confess, hey, honey, we're believing God, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Hey, brother, hey, sister, we're, we're believing God, aren't we? Yes, we are. Thank you, Lord. You're mm-hmm. working in all of our situations. Amen. So that's how you overcome. That's how you overcome. So Father, we'd come to you tonight and we thank you for your precious word and the great truth 
that we can see by help of the Holy Spirit. Yes. That by the power of saying the right words, mm-hmm. it'll change the direction, the course, and the results of my life. Now, tonight, Father God, help these words that we read that are your words, that are true, and the principles, the very precepts of you and what you said to speak forth that which what we believe Mm -hmm. and how believing and then speaking what we believe is essential to living in that overcomer's life, having every need met. Help us with that, Father God, to always put a guard over our mouth that we wouldn't sin against you mm-hmm. and thwart anything that you want to do in our lives. Thank and Lord, we would give you all the praise, honor, and glory, and we'll do that in your mighty name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And by the way, that's Hebrews ten twenty four. It says, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Amen. So Hebrews ten twenty four. Hebrews 10, 24. 